What is up, Happy Lifers? Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Actually, we're in Icy Ice Studios. Yes, we are. <laughs> yep. I can't believe it. You're back. I'm back. Maybe I should say I'm back. Thank you for having me back again. Well, of course, you are back. You're in California. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was your governor, right? So He was. I'm back. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I am tired of the same old phases. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. This is Icy Ice, uh, DJ from LA area. Yes. You know, you were actually on our it was like three or four podcasts ago. It was, uh, mm. I think it was episode 165 that we had you on. Yes. And I'm back in the area again, and I contacted you and said, could we please do another one? I enjoyed the last one with you a lot, man. Oh, so. man. I enjoyed doing that interview with you, and, you know, really appreciate this this uh, back and forth. I, I love your podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's great to hear. That, that makes... Me happy. Hashtag happy life, right? Hey, that's why it's a happy life. So give us again. So so check out the, the, our, our episode, if you haven't heard it already, Icy Ice, episode 165, and, and you'll get more a little about what we talked about last time about your life. But you've yes. been DJing, really, for how many years? Good 20-plus years. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. So I thought it might be kind of cool to get into the head of a DJ a little bit, if you don't mind. If okay. we don't mind, like, if you don't mind sharing your life story a little bit with our listeners, would that no, work for you? That'd be fun. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Well, on the last podcast, you know, you sent me a couple of the many that you have of all these artists who introduced you, mm-hmm. you know, so I thought I could kind of give it a shot, if you don't mind, okay. uh, introducing this one, introducing you. Sure. Because you haven't had the Lime Green Nerd introduce you yet. <laughs> so I thought I would just, is that all right if I take a stab at it? Let's go, Steve. I mean, I, I, someday I could, always see, I could see myself doing radio someday, so I, I just let me... You ready? Oh, ready? You, okay. you'd be perfect for radio, well, by been, the way. I've been studying the Jay-Z one and the Snoop Dogg one, you guys. I can't believe that you got introduced by Jay-Z, by Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Come on, who else? Throw out some names out there. Don't be modest on me now. Who are some of the other ones that have that you DJed for that actually sent out? This is This is... Snoop Dogg. Anderson. I mean, who are some of the names that you've had introduce you or that you've worked with? I mean, I've had everyone from Shaquille O'Neal to just, you know, Beyonce to different people, uh, Usher, uh, all the way on down to just uh, famous rappers that had passed away. Really? Seriously? I have one by the Notorious B.I.G. Seriously? Yes. Do you still have that recorded? I do. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. In fact, here it is. Yeah. Check this right. The Notorious B.I.G. Chilling with DJ Icy Ice. So make sure you play everything Icy Ice, Ice gives Ice. you. I repeat, play everything the man gives you. Peace. Peace. Notorious, Notorious B.I.G. I'm out. Dude, I can't believe that. that that's amazing. <laughs> um, if I'm feeling bad about myself. Let's see what Snoop Dogg has to say about Hey, Biggie, what do you think about Steve-O? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Yo, check it. Um. Okay, so like hip hop, I'm gonna do a hip hop for you. Okay, so okay. if you ever go back on the radio again, we could 
do this, okay? Yeah, um, definitely. Yo, so, so, yo, dog, this is your nerd dog. Check it out. I'm about to, like, introduce you to a guy by the name of Icy. He is, he's really, really cool. And you, so, wait, 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 try that again. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, it's, it's your nerd, yo. I'm introducing you to Icy Ice. He's he's really cool. You should listen to him. Hey, Steve-O style, right Dude, there, huh? right there, right there. Steve-O in full effect. I have so much talent coming out. I don't even know what to do with it all. Hey, well, that talent is is made for radio, right yeah, there. It's made for radio, turned off, probably. Yeah. All right. So you weren't the on-air. I mean, you were the DJ, right? But, I was the DJ, yes. But we always talk about DJs, but now DJs are the guys that are talking to the microphone, right? Yeah, it can be. So, but yeah. But was it you, different? With- back, back then, there was a, a distinction between DJ and air personality. Air personality was the one that spoke on the mic. The DJ was the one that was actually playing and mixing from record to record. Two turntables, mixer. They were con- doing a continuous mix. So that's yeah. what a disc jockey was, was playing the music. And now it's all, for the most part, is it like all automated now, right? So you don't really got guys spinning the disc or whatever you call it, right, anymore? No, I mean, you. well, in these bigger markets, you know, like in your Los Angeles, your, your New Yorks or San Francisco or Miami, you, you have like... Um, big market stations that still have live DJs okay. in the studio mixing club style DJing live on the air. I always picture it's all done by some computer somewhere, and then they tell you where to speak or whatever. But so when you were doing it, yes. right, you were actually turning the turntables and oh, all yes. that type stuff. Okay. Everything you see here in my studio, that's what I would be working with and playing live in the air so when they say live mix that was literally a live mix a dj live in the mix wow and so would would it be fair to say that you helped a lot of these guys when they are nobody basically in the market to become somebody were you one of the main guys that helped with that is that fair to say that um that was yeah one of my functions as a dj and one of my main duties was to break new music and so these artists would go into every market. They would promote their project. But also part of that is the record label handing me the newest record and making sure that I play their newest song on the air first. And so that was one of the perks as getting being a DJ. You got the newest music first. You got to that play it be first. Cool. And you got to help break it within the market. So my wow. market, of course, was Los Angeles. And me playing the new... Usher record or the brand new Outcast record, you know, I'm playing that on the air. I'm one of the first, and I'm helping break that record. So you've been doing this for so long that who are some of the names that everybody knows now, but that were just starting when you started? I mean, can you throw out some of those name drop a little bit here? So yeah, everybody that you knew from the '90s, I pretty much broke a lot before of those they artists. Were, wow. Yeah, before they were artists. So wow, everyone from a Puff Daddy to Jay Z to Notorious B.I.G. even to Dr. Dre and and Snoop wow. and all these guys, I was playing all their music. When you it knew was them before no one new. knew them. Yes. It was brand wow. So yeah, those Jay Z drops that I had given to you. What up? What up? What up? This is Jay Z cooling now with DJ Icy Ice, the funky Filipino. No, no, no. That was all when they were brand new artists. 
Wow. That's so sick. That is so cool. I have Beyonce singing my name, and oh that was goodness. when she was a brand new artist, you know? So Wow. <laughs> so yes, these these were all like I these these drops are twenty plus years old. You wow. Know? <laughs> okay, so this is what I want to know then. So you had an on air personality. So that's basically what we call a DJ in a lot of ways now, right? Yes. But that was uh-huh. the on-air personality, right? Yes. You were the disc jockey that decided what song was next and do all this stuff and spinning the records, all this stuff, right? Yes. So I, I didn't really talk on the No, air. you didn't interview them, but you did the record and someone else. I played else. the music, yes. Okay. So, so you said the way it was. It was like it's almost like a triangle. The person, the, the personality, the star was there, and you were off to like kind of – off to one side, 45-degree angle, and the on-air person I was kind of the other 45-degree angle, right? That's the way the studio was That's set how it was up, set up yes. for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So was there anyone that filled up the room more than anybody else? Obviously, Shaquille fills the room just physically, oh. right? But, <laughs> but was there what, – what personalities were your favorite or the ones that were the biggest personalities that, that – are there some that just demanded presence when they walked in the room? Gosh, uh, when I – when I think of people that just walked in and commanded the room, um, I would say Ice Cube was one of those personalities. I could see that. He was very thought-provoking, very intelligent, uh, and said, you know, just gave an awesome interview, and he just had so much to say. Okay. Because, uh, you know, yes, he was representing gangster rap, but... He was also very intellectual and and conscious in the things that he was talking about within his raps. Okay. So if you hear his his uh, first albums of America's Most Wanted after he had broken away from NWA, but even when he was part of NWA, their whole message was fighting the system, fighting the power, fighting the the people that are oppressing. Um, but as as he got out of NWA and he got into uh, doing his first album, America's Most Wanted. Um, yeah, he was just really just talking about a lot of conscious type of things that made people think. Okay. But yeah, with Ice Cube, I think he was one of those personalities. Notorious B.I.G. also was one of those guys. Mm. I mean, physically, he was he was a presence. Yeah. But the way he spoke and the way he presented and just the thoughts that were coming out of his mind, it, just, it was just uh, truly something to, to be held. And I gotta say, but I, I wasn't even in the room when when this interview happened. Was it was Tupac? Okay, Tupac. Uh, again, these guys are known as gangster rappers. That right. was their persona, or that was what their they were marketing. But as individuals themselves, very intelligent and uh, a lot of knowledge in just the things that they were saying. So were you impressed then with the amount of, are you, what I'm hearing you say, you were quite impressed with the amount of knowledge that was coming out of them. They just weren't some punks off the street trying to make it big time. These guys had a message. They were not ignorant at all. <laughs> okay. They were very thought-provoking, um, they're very intellectual, and uh, very witty on just a lot of the things that they were talking about. Wow. But on the flip side of that, you had like, comedian type of people you had um you know like comedic type of rappers and different people that came in there and then you had just crazy talent people yeah. that would just freestyle about anything you could, they could just work, freestyle they'll for just you. freestyle for hours 
And uh, those 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 types of people filled the room and just was amazing to experience. So give me one of your favorite moments. I think some of my favorite moments was like a you know like seeing KRS-One in the room and again just freestyling and then just giving you just just uh knowledge within the the freestyle raps that he's he's uh saying it was just amazing so i'm really intrigued by what you said about what i was taking from this correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to put words in your mouth yes but you know when you said that these guys weren't just thugs trying to get out of compton but they were very intelligent yes they're very smart and i feel like their music tagged on a lot of people's feelings at the time, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. And the music obviously was very good, right? They had skills, right? Like yes. you said, and a lot of them could free flow like nobody's business, right? Mm-hmm. But would you say that how much of their success had to do with their actual message, do you think? I think their actual message had a lot to do with their success, because yes, as as uh, the rap game evolved, of course, these rappers were the reporters at the time. Good point. They were the ones reporting what was going on on the streets. They were the ones reporting what was going on with their people, and it, it, all their messages were given all through the music. And so, you know, mainstream media wasn't giving them the opportunity to express themselves and to to get their message out there. So the only way they can get their message out there was through their music and through the rap lyrics that they were expressing right. themselves through these songs. Right. And so it hit a tone um, with the people internally. But at, at the same time, they were intelligent enough to also make it kind of mass appeal. It was also something that the masses can appeal to that they 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 can uh relate with and a lot of these this this music of these rappers that have uh passed away or uh like a bob marley his messages still ring true today right and his music still lives on even long after his death and would you say you have think that has a lot to do with the message that his music is Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's good music out there everywhere, but the stuff that sticks, I think, has to do with the message. The message, yes. Right. How do you feel like that fits to the person who's listening to this podcast? Well, I feel that the message, whether it be in the music or be the text in the Bible or the books that you're reading or whatever – the message is the key because it's it's the golden nugget. It's the the piece of information that that you can internalize. It makes you think differently, and then it'll change how you think, how you feel, and therefore how you act. Wow! And so I think the message is the most powerful part of it. So message is vital. It is definitely. what you're putting in your head, what you're believing, what you're deciding to follow after is very vital. Exactly. What podcast you decided to listen to. (laughs) But right there, there's something about, I mean, you know, I love Straight Outta Compton. Not because I grew up in that environment, but any movie or anything that has to do with a movement, a revolution, which is really people getting a message that's been oppressed, that's been 
pushed down. You said like the mainstream, did you call it the mainstream media? media you said media, yeah. weren't allowing them to, or you saying that they weren't, you know, wasn't really, it was kind of oppressing their message and pushed them hard enough until they just exploded one day and said, forget and, the mainstream media. We're going to find a way to get this message out, right? Exactly, yeah. And so therefore they, they did it through music. They did it through their, their, their raps. They did it through their, their, their self-expression. And that was, again, all coming down to the message. Yes, and I love whether it's a documentary or it's a movie or it's, or it's whatever, but I love studying the revolution when someone has a message and the message has to have some pop to it or it has to have some substance to it or it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. they were just talking about cars and girls and booties, right, <laughs> that music never would have made it very far. Yes, exactly. But the music that had that, that type of message, it resonated, it stuck, and therefore it's still around today. And they weren't just smart with their music. They were smart with their marketing. Why do you think that the mainstream media would not allow them to share that message? I don't know. Media is a funny thing. You know, they it's not an equal opportunity thing for everybody. Right. So, right. so yeah. I mean, again, I mean, I'm Filipino-Asian, and there's not very many of of me out there in the mainstream media until you have certain individuals break. And so, yes, a Bruno Mars is uh, one of me, and he's finally broke the mainstream media, and therefore he's made it acceptable. Uh, Manny Pacquiao did the same thing within boxing. Hmm. Interesting. And, yeah, you're right. You know, before him, they never heard of a Filipino boxer or they, right. they you know, anything like that. So... Yeah, people of different colors, people of different races, uh, they, they all don't get the equal opportunities that certain cultures get. And I think that's why it was tried to be controlled, because anything that's new scares people that are in charge of the current. Yes. Do you agree with that? I do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's an overstatement or not, but people that are that are high up in the current system that are big players in it, when something new comes along, that can certainly intimidate that. Are you going to take away from what I got? Anytime that new comes along, mm -hmm. a new race, a new style, a new message, a new voice, a new, you know, um, we tend to we tend to do all sorts of dumb things when it comes to that to try to control that because yeah. it scares us. And so a very good example of that is look at the, the record industry or the music industry, period. Record labels tend to try and control because they were always all about selling a product. Hmm. And so um, they, you know, way back in the 50s and 60s, they were making you buy vinyl records and then eight track tapes and then cassette tapes and then CDs came along. And so everything was a package and it was something that, that you sold. It was a packaged product that people sold for a set price and they made such and such profits off of it. But then comes the internet, and that changes wow. the game. We're still in the middle of that, aren't we? People can just grab their music now. They can download it off just of here. They, they, you know, and they're not making the money as they were off of tours anymore. Everything has changed, right? It changed it completely, flipped it on, on its head, gave the, the power to the artist and not so much to the record company. Right. And right. so, yes, these these artists can get their message out to the masses all through through social media or through the internet or through just different sources and the record labels cannot control that. Yes, they have the the wheelhouse or they have the whole system, but artists are not dependent on their system anymore. In fact, if I got a message, I can spread it now. 
Yes, exactly. And I don't need the permission of some higher up, some CEO, some CFO, somebody with what I don't need that. Yes. So thing up there called the internet. Mm-hmm. And happy life, or I believe that you have a message. We all have a message. Every individual, you listening to this podcast, you have a message. We all have a, our own message inside of us, and it's just waiting to be expressed. It's waiting to to be brought out. And you know, some people have figured it out. Some people are still figuring it out. But within that message, you have a message that you can share to the world and you you can bring to the world. I don't think it's ever been easier to spread a message than it is now. Yeah. You know? Never in 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 the world's history, never. And I think that there is a revolution afoot. And I I like this whole concept where if you got a message you can share it, you can spread it. But I think sometimes that we don't number one we don't believe that we have a message, right? Or this is or this is important. I disagree with that. There's something about your message means a lot to me because I have a friendship with you. I know you now. I know you better than I've known you before. The times that we've been able to hang out, mm-hmm. hit Habit Burger again today, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. Your message means more to me. And what I'm saying, Happy Lifer, is that there's people in your world that are connected to you that your message is going to mean more than my message, than Icy's message, than Snoop Dogg's message, than Ice Cube's message, right? Um even though Icy and Ice Cube are pretty close, right? <laughs> they both make our tea cold. But you might not feel like your message is as important as one of theirs, but it is to somebody else because it's your child. It's your yeah. neighbor, you know? And I, I don't think it's just about the message either. I think it's with these artists, it's not just about the message. It's how the message was portrayed. And their message yes. was a message of angst. It was a message of being being. Um, pushed down, being at least that's how they felt, right? And so they came out that the the rap helped. If if the rap didn't rhyme, if it wasn't any good, <laughs> it wouldn't have went anywhere, you know. And I think exactly. we got to also focus on how we're spreading the message, not just on what the message is. Yes. And I see so much stuff out there today, and here's so many people that are just trying to throw out a bunch of information, or I'm just telling them the truth. But if you're not connected to that person, they're not. Are you really wanting them to learn the truth, or you just wanted to get something off your chest? Because if I want, I, I had a guy come up to me this last weekend. I was uh, speaking at a at a men's retreat thing, and this mm-hmm. guy he said he used to be in the Marines, and uh, he said he had two instructors in the Marines, two mentors in the Marines, and one went by the book, yes. and the other one was very laid back, right? You know, and he said I learned way more from the guy who was laid back than the guy that went by the book, and he says it was strange because I went by the book, and I when I would when I led my Marines. When I led them that way, they didn't follow me like they did when I learned to be more casual. But then he said this to me. He says, all information comes through connection. And the more I'm connected with that person, the more they're going to be able to receive the information. Yes, Does that make sense? Definitely. You know, And I think we need to spend time trying to connect with people too. And not just with the people that we that we like. That connection should already be there, right? Yeah, definitely. But the people were, if you're spouting off something online or you're spouting off something not online and you're hoping someone, you're just going to give them the truth and they don't want to get it, well, then you're missing the whole point, right? If you're just trying to spout something off to spout it off, then save us all a lot of time. Stop spouting off yourself. You've got a deeper message than just a bunch of anger. Right. That, that gangster rap, right, it, it had a lot of anger to it, but it had a message to it. It has some Definitely. substance to it. And I think a lot of us, we sell the message short because we fall for the secondary message. And it all becomes about we're angry. 
Right. But we're ticked off. And so we're just spouting information off. But I have to ask myself the question, wait a minute, why am I posting this? Why am I talking to this person about this? If it's because I really want them to listen to me, yes. then I need to focus on the connection as much as I need to focus on the message. And when it comes to podcasts, these podcasts that I do, when it comes to me speaking, I'll spend way – the message for me is easy. I know what my message is, and it's something we should all try to figure out, I think. Right. And maybe we should do a podcast on how to figure out what your message is, but it's what makes you tick. It's what – if you could be at the Grammys and take over the person's spot who just won the Grammy and you had 30 <laughs> seconds before the music went off, what would you say to the world? You know, That's a good way to find out what your message is. What's the one thing that you always tell your kids You know, or you always want to tell wow. your friends? What's that one thing that always – comes up over and over again that's probably you know your message yes if you want that message to be caught then you need to connect to the person that's listening to it and i spend more time like i'm saying i spend more time on how i'm gonna portray the message in a podcast on how i'm gonna share to that group that i'm assigned to speak in front of i spend as much time if not more time honestly on how i'm gonna do it because the message part is easy but the connection part is the part that we need to work on, and we're in this on this planet together, or we're meant are. to connect. Yes. And when we get angry with each other, that's okay. You got to work through that, though, man. You got to connect with that person because it's about listening to each other, and together we make this whole thing better. Exactly. <laughs> the the whole thing with uh, just you know sharing that message and having it resonate, like you were saying. It's very important, and I I, I think, um, you know, you speak from the heart. Sometimes people speak from the head, but, like, I think it connects when it's it's coming from the heart. Yeah, and not just because you can speak from anger from the heart, but that's one thing that's hard. When you post something online, they don't really know what your heart is, and Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people come across as sharp, it's because they're going through a tough thing at that time, you know, and and they come across. I think that's the other thing, too, is we need to try to read into that, like, Number one, why is that bothering me the way the guy posted that way? You know, what's what's going on with me that that bothered me? And number two, what's I wonder what's going on with that person? You know, right. they would be that sharp like that because connection comes from both sides. When you're building a bridge and you're both an island and you're trying to connect somewhere in the middle, you have to yeah. connect to both of – you've got to connect to your island as well as to their island. You both – you know, I don't know if that even made sense, but <laughs> you, you, you got to connect – for us to be able to enjoy each other. And I think what I'm saying is I can't just expect you to get me. I also got to expect to get you. And we did a podcast oh, a year, maybe two years ago, but just said, seek first to understand, not to be understood. Hmm. And we often have conversations where we want everyone to understand us. Right. Well, we need to flip that, put the put the horse back in front of the cart again and just say, wait a minute, I'm seeking to understand you. And then I will be understood. Right. And I think that we really should focus on, number one, what is our message? But even more importantly than that is how are we going to spread that message? So that we need to make sure that we are connecting to the people that we want them to hear our voice. Exactly. Anything else you have to say about that? I think you said it. (laughs) You said it perfectly. Well, uh, thank you very much, and it's been a, a riot. If you don't mind, I wouldn't mind recording some more podcasts with you down the road. Definitely. Um, I like your brain. I like your heart. I like your message, Isaiah, and I like you, Icy Ice. Thanks for joining us. Thank happy you, Lifer. Steve-o. You're welcome. Thank you, Happy Lifer. You are you are the same. You're the same way. You are valuable. We need you. Don't you give up. 
find someone to connect to and share your message of happy. Thanks for listening. I hope that helped. Steve Ace.